Good morning, football fans, and welcome to another edition of Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I am your host, Dave Holcomb. We have another exciting week of NFL news, football news, to go over as we approach that training camp uh, that is coming at the end of this month. But we're going to start out with the biggest news of the weekend was Drew Brees getting his record-breaking contract. He's going to return to the New Orleans Saints. Of course, we've talked about this, I think, at least once or twice on this show. Um, I I personally have written articles about it, two different articles. Um, One was a solo article, and another one was um, in our bump and run coverage with Sean uh, Mayer uh, um, last Wednesday. I hope I'm pronouncing Sean's last name right. Still trying to get the pronunciation down. But um, it's, it's been a hot topic with Drew Brees one of the best players in the league, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and all the turmoil that the Saints are going through this offseason, this was blown even more out of proportion because of what they had been going through. Of course, that deadline for getting him a long-term deal is today, July 16th, um, but that deal was completed over the weekend. Um, And he gets a record-setting deal, five years, $100 million with $60 million guaranteed. All of this information is coming from our very own article written by Anthony King. I recommend you checking it out. It has all the information on the Drew Brees contract and the signing with the Saints. Amazingly, this contract is going to be very front-loaded, which means he is making the most money of the five years this coming season in 2012. This year... Breeze is going to make $40 million. That is more money than Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Aaron Rodgers combined. $40 million. Now, there's a lot of other details that we can go into with this contract. I'm not sure if it's really that important. One of the key things I think that we're probably going to see a lot more with players in general, or at least quarterbacks in the NFL, There's a provision that allows the Saints to waive Breeze before the 2013 or 2014 seasons in which they get out of the, uh, I guess they get out of the contract and don't have to pay him the money. That, of course, is something that the Saints were interested in because of what happened with Peyton Manning with the Indianapolis Colts. Now, there's a lot that we can get into with this. Is Drew Breeze worth this much? What, what? Does it mean that his contract is so front-loaded like it is? That's the first thing that I really wanted to get into, actually. it's uh, Anthony King was arguing that it's actually a good thing for the Saints because it takes some of the information or, or some of the coverage away from the the bounty gate and, and the scandal, and it puts it on, wow, Breeze is making $40 million. An unbelievable amount of money to make in one calendar year. But I think what's dangerous about it, especially in today's NFL, we see so many players hold out in the middle of contracts when they're not happy with the amount of money they're being made they're they're making. Is it possible 
that Drew Brees holds out in three or four seasons for more money because at the end of his his contract, he's not making that much. And then you're going to have to sign him to another big contract. That's that's something that I think the Saints could have thought about or, or maybe they wor- could be worried about in two or three years. We're seeing that with Maurice Jones-Drew. He got a new contract a couple years ago, and now he thinks he's worth more or... I I'm, I don't know the details of Maurice Jones-Drew's contract to be honest, so I I I don't I can't say they're exactly the same, but that is a, a legitimate thing that could come up in a couple seasons. Now, since Breeze is making a majority amount of his money in his contract this year, in years to come there will be more flexibility with the salary cap um, to sign other players with with the Saints or the Saints will have more flexibility to sign other players. But it, it, could it be a concern, that, or, or, or could Breeze want another contract in two or three years? I, I'd love to hear from our listeners out there. You can email me at dmholcomb06 at gmail.com, or you can tweet at me at dmholcomb. And of course... I should mention that there's a new Facebook page that covers the Football Nation news around our website. It's Dave's Football News. Just search that in your Facebook bar. And it's a Facebook page that I have created. And it, all my stories and Twitter uh, updates are posted on the page. But in addition, I also am trying to put up some photos and other stories of other authors on our website that I, I really enjoy and and believe other people should try and follow. So all of the work that I'm referencing in today's podcast will be available on that Facebook page, including the podcast Monday Morning Huddle will be on that page every single Monday um, from here on out. But I would love to hear what you have to think about Drew Brees and his contract, what it could mean for the Saints. Is it too much? Is he overpaid? Honestly, everyone's overpaid in the NFL so I, I personally don't see Breeze overpay, but I'd love to hear your opinion on that or anything else with the Drew Breeze situation. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with our Player in Focus segment. Welcome back to Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. I hope you're enjoying our show and we're brightening up your Monday morning or whatever day or time of the week you may be listening. I hope you're having a great July. It's been a hot one, uh, but hopefully you're having some fun, getting some sun as well. But uh, can't wait till training camp opens in just a few weeks. It's quite amazing how quickly the summer is going. So we're going to move right along into our player in focus segment, and the player we're going to take a look at this week is Tony Romo, of course the quarterback for America's team. I put that in in quotations. I'm not sure if that's true anymore, but the Dallas Cowboys. There was an article that came out this week um, about Tony Romo and how he is his scrutiny 
that he goes under as the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys is unwarranted. That was that's the the title of the article. It was written by Michael Funk. It's actually his first ever article at FootballNation.com. So we'd love to get him a couple game balls. He's already had a bunch of comments. He makes great points in his article. But uh, overall, um, I'm gonna have to disagree, and I'm I'm gonna kind of play devil devil's advocate and argue from both sides, and and hopefully I don't confuse the listeners too much. But I understand. Uh, Funk's point in that Tony Romo, a lot of the pressure that he gets put under is unwarranted, that a lot of the blame gets put on him for for losing, and it probably shouldn't. But hey, that's what happens when you play quarterback in the NFL. That's what happens when you play in the NFL, you know, and you don't have a Super Bowl ring yet, or you don't have a lot of playoff success, you get criticized, and that's no different with Tony Romo, and he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. It's not like he plays for the Cardinals. He doesn't play for the Chargers. He plays for America's team, the, the one of the historically great franchises, at least since 1970 or, or in the Super Bowl era. So, of course, a lot of pressure comes with that. This is the Dallas Cowboys, and... Pressure is going to come with being in Dallas. But if you look at Tony Romo's stats, if you look at his career, I have his stats from ProReference.com. He has a great record as a starter of um, 47-30 and 30 overall. Of course, he's, he started starting midway through 2006, and that was the season that the Cowboys went to the playoffs as a wild card and lost to the, the Seahawks. Um, after the the play where Tony Romo, actually it was him, dropped the the snap on, on the very short field goal attempt that would have given them the lead with less than a minute to go, but the dropped snap and then failed conversion on fourth down after Romo tried to scramble, that failed. So that the, the Cowboys ended up losing that game. The following year, they were great, had a great regular season. They had sent, I think, over 10 people, 10, 10 players to the Pro Bowl. Uh, they won 13 games, went 13-3, and three, won the NFC East, won the NFC's home field advantage, and then lost in the division round to the Giants, who ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. The following year was a disappointment. Tony Romo missed some games. Romo actually had a... 8 and 5 record that year as a starter, but the team overall went 9 and 7. So they really missed Romo. That of course was towards the end of Terrell Owens's run as a Dallas Cowboy. Of course, the the famous um that, that that's that's my quarterback you're talking about. Um line came uh in in 2007 after the playoff loss to the Giants. 2008, um, they they were they were doing well, but had a, a late season collapse in December. Ended up missing the playoffs that year. 2009, they rebounded. They rebounded and and won the NFC East again. They were 11 and five. Won a playoff game. Tony Romo finally won a playoff game, and and actually that was Tony Romo's third Pro Bowl. So not bad for a guy that gets so much criticism 
as he does. Just to put in perspective for fans out there what three Pro Bowl appearances mean means in today's NFL, Ben Roethlisberger only has two Pro Bowls. He's only made two Pro Bowl teams. Of course, he has two Super Bowl rings and a third appearance, but Romo is a, is a top quarterback. He, he is in the top ten, and he still is being criticized um, for not being able to win the big game, not, not being a good quarterback, blah, 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 blah. So since that third Pro Bowl in 2009, uh, 2010 was an awful year for the Cowboys, and Romo got hurt in the, in the sixth game of that year um, after a 1-5 start. Rebounded last year, played pretty well, um, threw for over 4,000 yards again, won eight games, the team went 8-8, eight and eight. Um, and as always, there's a lot of hype around the Dallas Cowboys, and a lot of people expect them to make a lot of noise this year in the NFC East. It's a pr- pretty crowded division, I'd say, with the, the Eagles supposedly rebounding as well and the defending Super Bowl champs, and who knows? Maybe with RG3, maybe the Redskins can do something. But I, I see both sides to this argument, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. Tony Romo, obviously pressure comes with being the Dallas Cowboy quarterback. Is it always deserved? No, but that's just the way it is. And if he's going to be all he can be, he's got to deal with that pressure and win big games and lead the Dallas Cowboys back to the Super Bowl. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come right back with our fourth and long segment. And we're back here on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. Just to send out a few reminders, you can get a hold of me at my email, dmholcomb06 at gmail.com, or tweet at me at dmholcomb. I'd love to hear any comments you have on today's show or any other show, or just talk about football, maybe spun a, uh, start a conversation and... Uh, Maybe that can lead to an article idea or something. Of course, you can uh, find the latest uh, Football Nation news. If you don't go to our website, footballnation.com, there is the new Facebook page, Dave's Football News. You can search for that on Facebook. And just a reminder, there's another podcast on our website. Alex Reamer hosts Football Nation Today every Wednesday. Last Wednesday, he was on vacation, but he will be back in two days this coming Wednesday with a new show and to remind or to, to to tell all my listeners I will be off next week I will be on vacation but we will be back with a new episode of Monday Morning Huddle the following week that will already be the end of July July 30th and that will be the week that most training camps for most teams begin so that is when the news should really start to heat up but for our uh, fourth and long segment this week, last week we did uh, the the different teams and whether they would make the playoffs or not make the playoffs, and that was the punting and grunting 
part of the segment. Recently, um, NFL Network released a, a top 100 list of the players in 2012. Uh, Cooper Allen, one of the contributors on FootballNation.com, has really covered it extensively and did a very nice job of reporting um, on the the list and adding to it his opinion on whether guys were rated too high or too low or who who didn't make the list, who shouldn't make the list. And um, he recently released uh, an article, the top five most overrated players that made the list. So for the fourth and long segment this week, I'm going to go through the list of names. Um, if I'm grunting, I am agreeing that they're overrated. If I punt it away, then... I, I'm saying they they deserve to be on the list. The first one is Tim Tebow. I'm going to tell you I'm really having a trouble deciding what I want to do with him. Ranked at number 95, uh, T- Tim Tebow is is surprising that he it is surprising that he made this list. Now uh, Cooper argues that he he shouldn't have made the list um, and. Naming the players that didn't make it, or Tebow made in front of, uh, Chris Johnson, um, Ryan Kelly, uh, Donald Penn, Willis McGahey, is the also Marshawn Lynch, uh, are the players that Cooper names in his article. Um, but I think what's important is that yes, Tim Tebow receives a lot of hype in the media. Yes, there's a lot of news surrounding him. But he's a good football player. He is a football player. And this was a list that was put together by the the players. So I think he has the respect of the players, definitely. Is he one of the best 100 players? I don't know. That That's why I can't decide if I want, want to punt this away or, or go for it. But, um, you know, he, he gets the job done. At least last year he got the job done. It, there were games where the, it looked like the Broncos were out of it, and he rallied them. Let's be honest. Very few people thought they would beat the, Pitts, the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. He got it done. They won that game, and he threw to win that game as well, getting the most yards passing as any quarterback did against the Steelers all of last year. So he earned a spot on this list. Um, I don't have a problem with him being ranked at 95. The next person is Deshaun Jackson, is a uh, wide receiver from the Philadelphia Eagles. He is ranked at number 71. I am going to agree with Cooper that he is overrated, um, so I guess I'm, I'm grunting. I forget if punting or grunting, which one is which, but, but I, I think he's overrated. He makes a lot of big plays, he makes big splashes, and he makes sports center because he always seems to drop the ball before he scores or makes some kind of somersault into the end zone. Um, but he is not a consistent enough wide receiver. He doesn't go over the middle. Uh, he won't make the tough catches in traffic and for him to be on this list, I believe. And to be honest, I don't even think he's the best receiver on his team. I think Jeremy, Jeremy Macklin has really come into his own in the last two seasons, he was doing very well last year, and he will pass Deshaun Jackson as the number one guy there this coming year for sure, I believe. And Deshaun Jackson, yeah, he, he can give you a real spark on a return play or have a big play um, in the receiving game 
He's got great speed, but people hype him up and love him for that. But he overall, there's a lot of wide receivers I would much rather have on my team. The next player is Joe Flacco. is another guy that I really have mixed thoughts about. Um, I, I've seen Joe Flacco play a lot of games um, as the Baltimore Ravens quarterback. You could argue that he really should have already made it to the Super Bowl with the supporting cast he has in Baltimore. That's what Cooper said in his article. Guys like John Skelton and Rex Grossman are ahead of him in major statistical categories. Um, but Joe Flacco made this list and is ranked number 71. Or, excuse me, 74. 74. So a lot of Raven players actually made this list, which supports the fact that maybe Flacco should have led them to a Super Bowl because there's a lot of great players on this Baltimore team. It's not just Joe Flacco. It's not just him. That's He's not the only reason why they haven't made it to the big dance yet with with that new Ravens team since um, Brian Billick was fired. Um, he is part of it. Um, he he continues to improve. He he keeps getting better, and he's going to keep getting better. But um, he for me he didn't he still doesn't show enough consistency to be a, a top ranked quarterback. I still don't think he's probably he's not in the top ten. He just doesn't show enough um, consistency week in and week out. One week he's beating the Steelers on a long drive in Heinz Field against your arch rival that gave them divi- the division. Right then and there, they got the tiebreaker, and that basically sealed the division for them last year and got them the home playoff game and got them to the AFC Championship game. But then, you know, there's other weeks where he can't get a first down against Jacksonville, or he really struggled in that night against San Diego. Is it because he's on the road? I don't know. Well, he did well in Heinz Field, so I, I don't know. And quite frankly, in the AFC Championship game, he outplayed Tom Brady. So... Uh, you know, if it wasn't for a missed field goal, we probably would have, I mean, you would have gone into overtime and who knows what would have happened there. So it, it, it's, it's tough to really get a feel for where Joe Flacco is. Um, are there other players that were left off this list that, uh, probably deserve it more than Flacco? Probably. So Cooper's argument that he's overrated on this list is true, but I, I think a lot of criticism that Flacco gets really isn't deserved um, because he's he's becoming a pretty good quarterback. The next person on this list is actually a defensive player, the only defensive player that uh, Cooper Allen thought was overrated. That's Jonathan Vilma. Um, he flat out says he should not have made this list. He only played in 11 games last year, 54 tackles made one forced fumble. Um, there were several, well, the, the one player that he mentions that should be ranked higher um, was London Fletcher, who was 29 spots behind uh, Jonathan Vilbrow, despite having a lot more tackles, more more forced fumbles, and more interceptions. Um, I, I don't watch the Saints enough to really comment on you know, where Vilma should be ranked. I know he's a pretty historical, good player. Obviously, his name is going to be forever cemented with the the bounty gate, um, unless somehow he gets his name cleared. But for now, he's he's directly connected to that scandal. 
um, and probably won't be remembered much for his play. But um, and I'll and I'll agree with Cooper that that London Fletcher should be higher than Vilma. So and our last player uh, on this list that Cooper ranked was Devin Hester, um, a wide receiver, obviously special team star, was ranked at 48 despite having the worst season last year as a pro, according to Cooper, of course. Um, look, the the deal with Hester, he he's never been a very good wide receiver. Um, they they he he didn't start as a wide receiver. He was a defensive player and a and a kick returner, but um, they they tried to put his skills into the the passing game, and it's never really panned out. Uh, is he overrated? I don't know. It's it's I think it's really difficult to rank a special teams player when he's the only one that makes it, and everybody else plays offense or defense. There's you can say, oh, Vilma shouldn't be ranked as high because this guy's better than him and is ranked lower. That that's a that's a good argument. Or Joe Flacco should be ranked lower because you know, say a Tony Romo isn't on the list. Okay, but Devin Hester is in a category of his own. There are no other return men on the top 100, to my knowledge. So, who you know, how do you rank Devin Hester versus Joe Flacco? How, how do you rank a Devin Hester versus a Peyton Manning? Is he better than Peyton Manning? I mean, probably not. But I mean, Devin Hester is clearly above and beyond better than any other return man, maybe ever in the NFL. So, it's hard to overrate overrate somebody that's that's that good um so i i would i would disagree with cooper on that on that one with devin hester that i don't think he was overrated with his 48 um position uh maybe he didn't have as good of a season last year but i honestly think the the list goes too into depth of what have you done for me lately and i understand that that that's the way the nfl works but there are guys that have had great careers, fantastic careers, and just because they have a little bit of a down season, you know, it doesn't, or or maybe they're getting a little older, that doesn't mean that they're not as good as somebody else who just had one fluke season or or just just had one great season. Um, you know, I I don't know. I I don't always agree with the positions on the list. Just you had a great game. You know the way the list is structured. You could, it could change week to week. Oh, you had a great week last week. Now you're better than this guy who had a down week. Well, no, not really. Uh, he just had a bad week. So, but guys have down years. Guys have great years. So that that's what I, the the one problem I have with with the list. But so we went through Cooper's five players. I, I recommend you check out his article. I made lots of references to it. It was really well written. Um, and don't forget to check out. The other articles I mentioned on the show today and the Facebook page, Dave Dave's Football News on Facebook. And contact me on my Twitter by email. I'd love to talk to, talk to you about the NFL or football in general. We're going to come right back and wrap up today's show. And we're back here on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm Dave Holcomb, wrapping up today's show. 
Just two quick reminders, Alex Reamer's podcast, Football Nation Today, is going to be back on our website on Wednesday. He took last week off for vacation. Um, And next week, I will not be having a new episode. I will actually be in Cleveland. I will be visiting the Dog Pound, you could say, Uh, a dangerous spot for someone who used to live in Pittsburgh, but, uh, you know, um, I, I... you know, we'll, we'll wear the black and gold sparingly, but maybe uh, slip it in there every once in a while, and um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, but Cleveland is a great city, um, despite what everybody says about it. I'm excited for my trip. Um, but don't forget to tune in to Monday Morning Huddle the following week on uh, July 30th, as training camp will be just beginning, and we'll have lots of great news from all the teams across the NFL. I also hope you enjoyed the meatloaf music we had provided for today's show. Meatloaf is currently on tour and will be in New Jersey next week, or this week and next week, and I will be seeing him next Monday, which I'm very excited about. But to wrap up today's show, I just wanted to, rather than advertise another article on our website, I actually wanted to pitch out um, a TV show that I've really gotten into in the last few months, Friday Night Lights. Uh, is a really great show. I know I, I tweeted about it and put it up on the, the, the Facebook page, Dave Dave's Football News. It's a fantastic show. If you like TV, if you enjoy watching TV for entertainment or for critical reasons, or if you just love football, it's great show to watch for either of those. It has a very unique style of shooting. Really great writing and directing, and, and pretty good acting as well, especially for, for kids that are younger, playing high school kids. Um, and Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton, the two adults, parents um, that are centered in the show, are fantastic. So I recommend, I highly recommend that show. I haven't watched all the episodes myself. I just finished season three. But I would recommend that to anybody who loves TV or football. That's all I got for today's show. I am Dave Holcomb. I'm going to go try and find some peace in my mind, especially before I go to Cleveland.